welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 67, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we answer a question from the mailbag, and then draft our top player interaction games. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm Richie. Is this starting to be a, Hold hey, on, yeah. here's Johnny. <laughs> that was a, I, had a, I, I was kind of adjusting in mid-sentence, so I, I just kept going, I think. You felt the energy, boy. I'm, yeah, look, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Trying to, I'm trying to bring it. You know, That's it's, right. It's a rainy kind of full day kind of yeah it is a good day for being inside playing games that's the truth right right there coming up on board gaming season i told the wife that that's right (laughs) how did she respond to that she wasn't happy well (laughs) i would argue i never leave board game season this this is true true. (laughs) my my wife we when we went camping and stuff she's like well where where do uh richie and clef like to go camping (laughs) (laughs) honey clef clef doesn't like to go outside what are you talking about? <laughs> Campy. Ain't getting out no tent with a sleeping bag and sleeping on the hard ground. Come on now. Unless I could play board games while I'm there. Then maybe we could. Maybe yeah, but you can do that better in a cabin. Much or, better in a cabin yeah. or a house. Or. So let me actually, let me tell you a game that is actually perfect for camping. Ooh. It is called Super Skill Pinball 4Kade. And it's uh, from Jeff Engelsing. We took it with us, and it, it is great. I don't, I don't know if you would like it, Clef, but it is, it is perfect for camping because all you have is you have these slick boards, you have dry erase pins, and then you have these half pinballs that sit on there, and you're you're just rolling one, uh, two dice, excuse me, and so it plays one to four players, and you're rolling the two dice. And basically, you just choose one of the die and move through the sections of the of the pinball machine. So you kind of have an upper section, a middle section, and a lower section where the flippers are, right? And then those die that you roll can correspond to different parts of, of your board, basically. And so the ball's going to bounce around or drop down. You can knock off certain things. And when you get those knocked out, you get a multi-ball, possibly, and get another one. And it plays... It, it plays remarkably like a pinball game okay, does. Okay. So it was it was nice. We only played the opening scenario one because uh, it was the easiest to just pull right out of the box and get going. Like it has an easy start guide, and so I I knew my wife was not much for rules, so I knew that that was the best way to do it. So, but but that was that was easy, and you could see what you're doing, you know, and you basically basically get three balls. The cool function of this game though too was that you could adjust a die. Maybe. So if you adjusted a die, I believe you could kind of change it. Say you didn't get what you wanted. There's a, I can't remember what they call it, but there's a a, a little function where you can change the value of the die, right? And then however many uh, you change it to from what the value actually was, you write down that number. And then the next time the die are rolled, the difference between those numbers, if it's greater than the change that you made in the die, your board goes on tilt. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like your Jimmy wow. in the game a little bit, you know, some, some heavy cool. theme there. Yeah. That's really yeah. Neat. yeah like it, was, it. it was a really nice idea. So, I mean, it is not like some heavy game, sure. but it is perfect for outdoor camping because you can get it. I mean, you can get it wet or, you can, you know, it doesn't really matter. Mm. It's it's uh, and everybody could sit out at the picnic table and play it on a windy day. Yeah. I'm still not going cool. camping to play it. But okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played another game. 
Whoa. that would also be good for camping. Ooh, boy. Right. Right. So maybe we can hook you in on this. Okay, all right. I doubt it, but <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> so I got in a copy of Telstone's King Gambit, and this is the latest game from Riot Games, so Mechs and Minion oh, fame. Okay. It? So is it super produced? Super produced. It was $40 shipped. Comes in this beautiful metal case. And then you open it up, and there are seven of these tokens, and they are kind of that Bakelite material, and they're huge. They're oh, gigantic. Okay. I mean, that's wow. this is, and I'm just for the audience. I'm showing the guys a picture of it, <laughs> um, and, it, and oh, it yeah. comes. So it's just those tiles, and then there's this little blue felt mat that you get, and then the scoring tokens, and. Honestly, it, it is just a pure memory game. Okay. So $40 is a little high. For memory. <laughs> for, for memory. For pure memory. But basically in the game, all you do is you'll start with one of those tokens in the middle of the, the map. And then on your turn, you have one of six actions. Uh, I don't remember them all, but I'll tell you the main ones. So basically you can tell your opponent to place one of those tokens, another one of those tokens either to the left or right that's okay. out there. You can tell them to swap two that are out there. You can tell them to uh, flip them face down and that's really all like the main main actions but what you're trying to do in the game is you're trying to essentially make your opponent either forget or you remember everything uh, because at some point you can uh, there's two ways to win the game you can either win by boasting or you can win uh, just off a straight victory point so if you if you uh, do the boast you'll you say i can name all the hidden symbols and your opponent then at the point has one or two options they can either say i believe you take a point so you'll take one victory point or they say, I don't, I don't believe you, prove it. Or they can also say, uh, I don't care, I can do it too. And if they do that, then it flips. So now they've stolen your boast. So now you have those two first options where either you give them a victory point or you let them prove it. If they get it, they win the game outright. Or if you fail, you lose the game right there and then. The other action, I just forgot, I just remembered it, is that when one is face down, you can point to it and just challenge them to name it. And if they can name it, they get a victory point. If they can't name it, they you get the victory point. So it's either first to three points or it is if you win that boast. That's how you win the game. And that's it. It's it's fine. It's a fine game. It, $40 for a memory game is steep, though. That is. Hmm. Does, can Knox play it? Will, has he that's, played it? And that's why I bought it. It's getting mixed reviews from a lot of reviewers because some people are upset that it's just a memory game and it's $40. Uh, I mean, the production-wise, it it is definitely worth $40. I mean, they definitely nailed the production. Game-wise, I mean, honestly, Knox has memory games that are maybe a little bit more complicated <laughs> <laughs> already, but they, they have Paw Patrol theme, and I'm not into that. So that's why I, I bought this, even though I knew it was just a pure memory game. Um, and right now, there's nothing to buy. So I bought it. <laughs> so you bought it anyway. I, I can actually already see playing this game with Clef, though. It's just a lot of... I don't care. <laughs> yes, take I a point. Don't care. Take a point. I don't care. <laughs> All right, let's. Is it over? Let's play something else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I got it to play with my five-year-old. All right. Well, uh, yeah. If, that's, you, that's if your what board game uh, fund is overflowing with cash right now, that's a, that's an option. And you, if you got some kids laying around that that need to play something. <laughs> There you For go. All just, of those just <laughs> laying around. <laughs> Pick that kid up and put him at the table. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a game that you should not play while camping. Okay. And that is a game. I actually got a chance to play this about a week ago, and it is Roll and Roam. Have you guys heard of this one? I have. Yeah. Seen that. Is yeah. that uh, Turchy? David yeah, Turchy? It is. And my friend Dan brought it over and he's like, you know, hey, I need to learn this game. You guys want to learn it? And so we basically opened up the rule book and read it. 
Uh, it was me, him, and my wife. And um, I will say to start with, when you think roll and write type of games, you usually think fairly quick game for the most part. Uh, I know, Chad, me and you played, uh, was it Black Fleet or Fleet? Fleet Dice. Fleet Dice, which was a little long of a, a roll and write, you know. We but were the, figuring out, though, a poor rule book, a, too. A little so. bit, yeah. Um, but n- more, normally, roll and writes are pretty fast. This game was not fast. This game took us about two to two and a half hours to Ooh, play a roll and wow. roll and write. Yeah. And once again, we were learning it. So I'm sure, you know, as, uh, any game, once you know it better, it's going to be quicker. But it was a little bit of a long type of game. Uh, on your turn, you're going to roll. Well, I should say, if you're the active player, you're going to roll a bunch of dice. And then they have a lot of symbols. And the dice really remind me of seasons if you guys remember the big yeah. clunky dice from seasons same type of thing where they these had a bunch of symbols on them and you would so you would draft a die and it would maybe have a build symbol on it and maybe get a you know get a money or get a resource or whatever the type of thing you know and so you would take these dice and then it was a round robin you know where you'd go to the person who was last and they'd get to draft two and then it would come back around and then once you drafted your dice the active player whoever to start would do whatever with their dice but the right part was there was a map of Rome out there and you would have different, there was like eight different cards that came up and you'd have buildings that you could, that were like Tetris pieces that you could then draw onto the map. And you had to have certain things where you had to have your architect be able to get to a spot to, to be able to get there. And then you would draw the a shape of whatever type of building it was. And then you'd have to write a little thing in there and each person had their own color. So you knew whose building was what. And you drew a little, you know, like uh, if this was a military building or something, you'd have a little MP or whatever, whatever, whatever the building was. Right. Um, So that was one of the actions. The other uh, actions were uh, you could increase your it it called it your advisor. So each player board was had a different advisor. So it kind of had some player powers in it, but you had to unlock the player powers as you went along. You had to spend certain things to be able to unlock these different things. And they would do things like, you know, you could don't have to pay resources to do a certain thing or, you know, whatever, you know, typical Euro-y type of things. It was, it was interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I enjoyed it to a degree, but I kept thinking to myself, I, I think that the identity of the game was maybe lost where it was like, should have maybe been a little bit more simpler and quicker for to be a roll and write, or it should have been just an all out production and they should have just had Tetra style pieces in your colors right. that, you know, for the different buildings and then, you know, a regular board and, you know, you wouldn't have like keeping track of resources. You were just writing them down with a dry erase marker and then you had to like mark them, cross them off. You could have just had resource pieces or whatever. So I definitely just felt like the game was kind of a, had a lost identity of what it was trying to hmm. be. It kind of sounds like uh, St. Malo. I don't know if either one of you played that. It's an Inca and mm-hmm. Marcus brand game. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of same like city building, but you're actually drawing the buildings and the resource. But it only takes like 45 minutes, okay. like a super quick game. But yeah, I would agree. Roll and write when you said two plus hours. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Everything I've heard about this so far from others has been that it's a lot more in depth than most rolling rights as well yeah absolutely yeah 
I think this copy was a Kickstarter, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter. I'd be really curious to know how much. I I, I remember it being on Kickstarter, but I don't remember how much it was. It was because you know you're talking about production. Uh, and stuff. It was around forty. Oh, so, okay. You All know, right. Not a bad price for a game. You no, know? it's a it's a thinkier it's a thinkier roll and write. So you're you know you have a little bit more time invested in, in yeah. that and stuff. And like I said, I mean you know Richie would love the dice. I mean nice chunky plastic Oops. dice. So they're know, not so. just the symbols you were talking about. These are bigger dice like the season's dice yes exactly okay, okay. I mean, yeah, nice. really remind me of the season's dice yeah i mean i would say to you guys you know if i had this game still i'd say it's worth a play you know i mean you cool. guys okay. would be interested in a play i don't think this is one that you know is going to get much more than a play or two before it would be you know on the yeah, edge, i'd be willing sure. to try it yeah, yeah. especially with the seat i mean my ears perked up again when you said seasons dice again i, uh-huh. I honestly think that's the only reason i still own seasons is because <laughs> of those dice turchy uh actually makes you know, interesting designs, no matter what I, he, I'm always interested in what he's putting out. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter came out today for Grand Austria Hotel. Let's waltz. All right. Well, let's waltz over to Kickstarter corner and chat about it. I think we need a little waltzing music here, Richie. <laughs> oh, nobody, is, that's one thing that unanimously that our punch punch feels strongly about. They don't care what we do as long as that music is still there. <laughs> I like this new trend of uh, cleft thrown in demands. Can you please hunt for some uh, German well, 70s Afro pop for this intro? <laughs> There was at some point, Chad, weren't we going to be able to like put some sort of a like a paradise type of song as our thing? Remember that? And I yeah. wanted just like Paradise by David Lee Roth. Yeah, and you wanted a whole episode of so, Paradise, paradise. So- yeah. yeah, theme song. All that. Yeah, well, we, we were talking we'll about figure it. that out. We'll, Richie's we'll, like, sure, yeah, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richie's like, I have all the power. <laughs> all right, well, let's waltz on over to our Kickstarter corner. Grand Austria Hotel, like I said, has a new expansion coming out. It's one of our favorites. It is definitely one of our yes. favorites. And it basically, we, we don't know a lot because right now it basically tells us that there is a ballroom that you can now send guests to and you have to use champagne, I believe, as a new resource. Um, so new, they, they had like different boards or something that you could send people to. And then each board had a different way to score during the scoring rounds at the end of rounds three, five, and seven. Um, some were just how many people you have there total. You got a certain number of points. Some of them were, you know, if you had more than other people. So, so just basically a new scoring, which obviously sounded kind of cool. I mean, didn't, didn't seem mind blowing, but seemed neat. Um, the other thing that the Kickstarter is offering is it has an opportunity for you to, upgrade your bits if you so desire uh you so you can actually have a little piece of cake and a little coffee and a little streusel and stuff like that as opposed to uh the cubes i think it also said something about there are also new cards that is going uh, to be new in. artwork Just i believe on the cards artwork. okay yeah. well and some of these some of these cards uh, are going to come out some new guests so they'll give you certain things like champagne and and certain things like that i think and also uh, they said that when there's emperor scoring, there will also be ballroom scoring. Yeah, that's so, okay. at the end of oh, yeah. three, five, and yeah. seven. Yeah, that's that right. that'll be part of it on the boards. But but the rest of it is is mysterious. Like they've like fogged out some of the other things and like 
Rado can't talk about it. Literally and, fogged hmm. it out. Like I mean, li- it's literally shrouded, kind of. I mean, this is this is like a who shot Kennedy type of thing here. <laughs> what, what what do we got going on? Aren't Kickstarters supposed to be? Hey, here's what you're going to get. So please back it. Or are they so like? Uh, you guys are going to back this. It doesn't matter. I mean, maybe they are because honestly, I saw someone else had backed it and popped up and said, you know, so-and-so back this. And then I just went on and I backed it. Didn't look at the video. Didn't look at, I didn't learn any of this until I came over here and (laughs) (laughs) you you guys informed me. (laughs) Give me a little bit of a teach here. Well, well, we already know he got Telstone. So he's just like pushing a button. It's not taking a lot right now. No, not right now. Um, So price wise, so to just get the Let's Waltz expansion with the shipping, and I'm going to be talking U.S. money here. I'm not 100%. It's a little bit cheaper, I think, in Europe. But it's going to be close to $60 just for the expansion. Is that too much for an expansion? I mean, the prices of games are going up, but I... I like I said I hit the heart on this one on Kickstarter. I I, I whatever you call that I I favorited it or yeah. saved it for later. You, whatever you swiped right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I said I said uh, you know I'm gonna wait and see because I don't I don't like this haziness. I don't know what that means. And but I I saved it. I want to see what happens because I I don't like all this sort of mystery when I'm spending money. Uh, it, it, that's not what I'm what I'm buying Kickstarters for. Do you think maybe Richie was in a uh, melatonin? Uh, hey, I, so yeah. I was wide awake. He I was working. See stuff. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay, so now hearing this, Richie, I mean, is is sixty dollars? I mean, does it seem reasonable to you? I mean, I just spent forty dollars on a memory <laughs> game, so <laughs> sixty dollars for an expansion to a game that I, I do like. Um, I mean, it, it is high. That is high. Now, if I, I will never say that it's you know too much. Like ketchup expansion for Food Chain Magnate is worth the eighty to hundred dollars that you're going to spend. Oh, that on that thing's it. worth like two hundred dollars. Yeah. But yes. Okay. Um, I would. I want to see what they release more. Am I going to go on and cancel my pledge? Probably not. But <laughs> I would like. I'll, I'll actually pay attention and see what they actually release about it to see. See what, see what and goes see what on happens through the, through the campaign. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Like I said, I'm not I'm not striking it off my list because you know we really like those Italian designers. They yeah. put out a lot of stuff we like. So, yeah. uh, and, but and obviously, what you pay for something, I mean, matters between game and game. I mean, like Richie just said, right. I mean, ketchup. Yes, I'm willing to spend the eighty to a hundred dollars on that expansion because right. of what it does for that game. But I mean, there are some expansions that. You know, I mean, no, I'm not going to pay that much money yeah. for a game like that. Yeah, I, I, I can oh, totally see that. Well, you know, like I said, oh, something else I did oh. find out, by the way, this week uh, when we were, you know, we, we didn't talk about this last time when we reviewed Alma Mater, but they have, we don't have to call them the Ita- Italian contingent anymore. They actually named themselves as a group. Oh, oh did they? Yeah, yeah. Achitoka is is their name, if I'm pronouncing it right. Clef. Give that a crack. Yeah. <laughs> Try Achitoka. saying that. Yeah, there, oh, you, there go. you go. He's got it. Isn't that good? That's because he just had to cop, copy my lips. <laughs> yes. He didn't and have it, to read the there was no edit- <laughs> And there was no editing there. Yeah. He did that That's just right. that Boom, fast. Right there. Yeah. yeah. So Richie says, uh, Achitoka, my money, and uh, hopefully he gets a good game out of it. <laughs> I don't think there's any question that the Grand Austria Hotel is going to be good. The expansion will be good. Yep. I, I, and uh, what we haven't talked about then is you can obviously add in those extra bits, and a lot of people think that's that's really important to a lot of people. 
And I think if you get that, I think it's like $85 or something like that. Which I'm wondering, I mean, the people that really love the game that would spend that type of money probably have already bought those third-party bits, mm, Right. you would yeah. think. But you know, maybe, maybe not. not. I don't know. I tell you what you should buy if you really like that game. You really should buy the 3D bit spaces insert for that game because holy cow, talk about a great insert. I just plop mine open and boom, and I'm ready to go. So little little extra plug for our little uh, 3D bit space. That's uh, nice. Good job, yeah. Clef. But yeah. you know, we do have a commercial for that. How many times have you spent more time getting your board game set up than playing it? Well, if you have, then you need an insert from 3D Bitspace. They make great ones from Marco Polo to Grand Austria Hotel. You can even contact the owner, Ryan, about a custom insert. So head on over to Etsy.com and search 3D Bitspace. And when you order, also send Ryan an email and mention Punchboard Paradise and receive a free hex tray. Get to playing games and not setting them up. All right, fellas. First, we got a, a real quick short email, and uh, one of you are in trouble because... Well, it's got to be Chad. Can't be me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't even know what it is yet. Yeah. I don't care. It's got to be you. <laughs> well, we got an email uh, from Stephen Chow in, ca- in Canada, and... Uh, Steven wanted to point out he's in the middle of he's catching up on the episodes he's in the middle of episode 62 our Marco Polo review and he noticed that we made a little rules mistake Uh, definitely could not have been me I've never (laughs) made a rules mistake ever (laughs) and the the one thing that we really didn't like in that game based on the way that one of you taught it we'll figure that out here soon Uh is the turn order Oh, yeah. And how yeah. we had a problem with it, how it really yeah. never changed because you got to be at the top spot. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Stephen wanted to point out that it's still this, the same as far as whatever travel space someone went to, whoever is on the top of that would be end up being the first player. So even if you only oh. use that first travel space, whoever is on the top would become the new first player. Oh. So, you know, well, figure out. Changes that. I was I was taught by you two, so not my fault. <laughs> and I'm going to excuse myself from this discussion now yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it, it couldn't be all my fault okay i will admit we we you got out that game and i said yeah let's just open it up and yeah, yeah. Uh, and break let's, it out and i i read from the rule book and i remember though when we were doing things we were talking about it and we we're like this doesn't sound right i read verbatim from the rule book and then i passed it around i know i passed it to clef i'm pretty sure i actually passed it to richie to uh, nope i wasn't there for that game <laughs> what are you talking about? i wasn't was there for the there. first game no uh oh. it was dan it oh was, that's right yeah, 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 yeah that was dan richie's definitely oh. off the hook okay let's blame dan um <laughs> yeah, let's blame dan <laughs> oh that that was dan's yeah perfect yeah because right. i think i even said now wait yeah, i'm dan, not i'm not so this. sure yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and dan was like no yeah you just do it like this it's just only the top one yeah so there we go so it was done you know what steven i'm i'm sorry for not double checking dan yeah i will do better with that next time i really apologize and to our listeners punch punch thanks for keeping us honest and thanks for checking on dan yeah and and furthermore (laughs) if we ever do make mistakes let us know i mean yeah that's okay we're we're human we're okay with that you know and we play a lot of games and i'm sure we miss some rules so be feel free to let us know when we definitely make a mistake that's for sure so because that definitely was one of the main things that i did not like about that game yes and that definitely makes it better yeah that would have changed like especially that game where we were not wanting to waste right waste turns you know get taken i don't know what i rated it but i'm i'm gonna keep it the same but it was was, was good (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, what else you got in the old bag there, Richie? All right, so we got a question from Wesley in our Slack channel, and he asks, any Euros that really play off the trickery bone? Uh, he likes games where you can really do something unexpected, uh, something swingy. Uh, there are probably some designs out there, uh, like in Kali Mala. You can set up some unexpected takeovers with the cards you get as mitigation or trigger some unexpected fast scoring. Basically, he's saying, I, I guess I'm trying to find some less confrontational stuff that is confrontational in disguise. Well, Wesley, we, we kind of racked our brains on this one. Yeah, we did. And we didn't come up with anything good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is is the sneaky part or the disguise part. Yeah, the I'm not. I'm part. not sure. I'm not sure we're going to be able to fulfill that. I guess the way I was the, when Richie brought it up, the way I was reframing it in my mind, uh, so I could be more concrete with it. And Wesley, I'm really sorry if this doesn't answer your question. If if not, we're gonna we'll post it on the guild guild three two two seven. And if others in the punch bunch have some better answers to your question, hopefully we can ha have you get them there. But I was reframing it in my mind a little bit more concretely saying, because I know that usually Wesley doesn't like a lot of pure Euro games. There are very few that he enjoys. He likes confrontation. So let's say you were in a game group that didn't play confrontational games, a lot of Euro players, and you wanted to ease them into that or start a, start to push them towards some more confrontational games. What what are some games that you might, you might do? Hmm. Well, the, at least for me, the first one that comes to mind is a nice little solid little engine building game. Uh, it's called Deus and very much a Euro-y type of game. You know, you're collecting resources and then you're uh, putting cards in a tableau and then you're putting buildings out onto a an islandy type of thing. But it has a nice little bit of uh, interaction and confrontation with the military pieces that you put out where you can go and you can... Uh, get beside other people's um, buildings and stuff and steal victory points from them, steal coins. And that's just in the base game. It also has an expansion uh, called the Egypt. Uh, I think it's just called Egypt. Um, and it has a whole new deck of cards and it even has a little bit more uh, confrontation. So maybe, you know, that might be a night, not a bad idea, you know, kind of get them hooked in with the, Hey, a nice little engine builder, you know, Hey, you're building a nice little civilization. Oh, and by the way, here I come to attack you. Uh, you know, so that's not a bad idea. No, that's a, that's, that's a, a good I, one. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good example because, uh, I think it's Sebastian Dujardin, uh, is the, is the designer there. And he, uh, he came up with a really nice the way that the, those cards stack and trigger off one another. It's a really great feeling of an engine builder. It's not real heavy on the rules aspect of things. And you're right. It, it, yeah. it is just a little bit confrontational when you get out there and you can do different things. And again, to say you can make it more so by manipulating that deck that you play with. So yeah, that's a good pick. I like that. Yeah. What about you, Richie? Do you do you have something that like if you were playing with some more Euro players but you want to get get them into more confrontation you kind of ease into it well, i was kind of thinking uh, maybe barrage because oh, you kind of yeah. you kind of got the worker placement but you you can get very confrontational out there as far as you know where you put your dam at and all those different things so uh if they're kind of kind of strictly euro players you can kind of start getting them into that meanness a little bit in barrage so yeah. that's my pick what about you jeff well there are actually 
uh, two that come to mind. I was thinking Terra Mystica, which, you know, a Gaia Project is almost the kinder, gentler version of Terra Mystica because you can really hem somebody in in that game. But it, it is such a Euro and an optimization game, of course. But the board placement and stuff, you can really hem somebody in. So you can get a little bit of a, a aggression going there. Forense is a Euro. But it has a little bit of confrontation because you can see events, so players can plan for them when that card will be taken, you know, out there. But yet it does mess with people's mm -hmm. buildings or takes their building materials and stuff, and you can have confrontation that way. So, uh, again, maybe not sneaky like, like Wesley was talking about, but it does ease people into that sort of experience where you know you, you've got a little bit more confrontational elements you're not just playing in your own sandbox with things but there's that euro optimization puzzle that you're finishing as well yeah and actually with that one i mean it's not sneaky obviously the cards are out there but if someone's not paying attention there's that one card that if someone picks it now everyone has to build a three white tower and everything else that they have is on hold yep so you, you really could screw someone over with that right that's a couple of games, a few games at least, that uh, we might use to introduce some Euro players to some confrontation that maybe they wouldn't be too averse to. Again, I don't know if that's Wesley's whole question, but hopefully you get some answers up on the guild, and uh, if there's some good ones, we might talk about them in the next episode too. Guys, we are, Guys. We are behind. <laughs> what are we behind? We're behind on our Punchboard previous plays. I mean, yeah, we're hoping to make this, you know, like a year ago today we played <laughs> and reviewed our uh -huh, you know uh -huh. yeah we're Ooh. i think we're way behind so wow. we in an attempt to catch up here we're gonna look back at arkwright <laughs> probably Four years ago today, we reviewed Arkwright <laughs> and, <laughs> from Capstone Games and Stefan Resthaus. Let's talk about where we're at now with our our uh, review from way, way back then and, and today. Hmm. Well, uh, way back when, I said it was a six. I said I absolutely love the game. It is, it is very crunchy, economic strategy you know nice solid euro game that gives me all the good feelings that i like in a game um and today i'm at a very solid six there is no change whatsoever i've played the game since we've reviewed it i've still probably played the game three or four times which is not a lot but for you know a game of that magnitude and that is a lot uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and time investment um, in fact, I just played it maybe just a few weeks ago, taught somebody new and yeah, they were like, wow, this game is really, is really good. I mean, it just, it plays well. And like I said, it's definitely a three or four. I, I, I wouldn't play it at two, but I, it's, it's a solid, great game and still would recommend it. So Richie, what about you? Uh, still six for me. Um, it is a game that now after playing so many coin games lately, the, the three to four hours, I mean, that flies by. Oh, that's, that's pretty quick nowadays. <laughs> that's pretty quick yeah, nowadays. So, uh, yeah, I, I still love it. Um, I'm interested in what the did you back the the card game? Uh, the card yes, game? I did. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I am interested to see how how they you know fit that much of a you know yeah it's probably gonna that suck, much game into yeah, that yeah. but <laughs> they might but I, I but I was interested still in good. the designer diary there so yeah so it's still good for you. you yeah, you still, still good for me. Still own it. Uh, we'll still play it at any time. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Chad? 
Well, uh, I am going to go up on this one because I was at a four. Mm, and I think, you know, what what changed my mind, because we did talk about that it was really brain burning and I didn't always feel like I wanted to play it and that that sort of thing. But then, and this is no disrespect to City because I like City of the Big Shoulders, but remember, if you remember, I was kind of like, oh, I feel like sometimes that I want to play Arkwright when I'm playing this, or I feel like sometimes I want to play this 18xx game or whatever. I realized that I what I really liked about Arkwright and that I wanted to get back to it and it actually made me purchase the game. So I, I actually own Arkwright now, too, and would love to get it back to the table. So it's a five for me now. Good. Solid. I'm glad that you're getting a little bit smarter there, Chad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. What did our punch bunch say? Aaron Schmitkin says, Arkwright is the definition of a meaty economic game. A true masterpiece of deep and meaningful decisions. It can be daunting to get into, but very much worth the effort. One of my top 10 games and therefore a six on the punch board scale. That Aaron, he's a smart one. He's smart got one. good taste. Good honey and... Fantastic honey. There you go. That honey was delicious. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, I'm going to read from... Hopefully I pronounced this right. If not, I'm so sorry, but... Dragon Velikovich. I hope that that's. Uh, I hope that that's close. I'm. I'm sorry, but he says I couldn't agree more, and he's referencing Aaron's. Aaron's thoughts. I couldn't agree more. One of my favorite games, and a six on the PP scale. I also seem to be one of the few that find the aesthetics of this game beautiful. Mm. So that's a surprise. Mm, I don't that know. That is a surprise. I do think the game is ugly, but. Yeah. But it's it, it's a, those, it, it when you lined all those workers up just beautifully oh, up there. I do like that. Yeah, I do like they that. Look I do nice like that. up there. Huh? I really think it needs some automated feature to line those workers up though. Yeah, that's part of they, the fun. Uh, they have a someone has an insert. Yes, I can't remember, I think but it's, yeah, I think it's. Uh, but don't you then still have to put the things in the insert? Yes, yes. I think it's people realty that. Yes, yeah, you're right. People realty. But yes, it's it's. Uh, I it think looks there needs cool. To be a little machine though that picks up all the workers. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. those pins that reset. Uh, <laughs> in bowling. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, and then uh, I can't read John Rice's. Why not? Well, you know, he's got a little thing here, Buck Buckeye Mini Me. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, you know, got a little little football game coming yeah, up this Saturday where we're going to get slacked by the Buckeyes. You will, hey, you, you will. never know. All right, John, I'll still read yours. All right. <laughs> I love this game at three players. Playing at two limits the shipping portion of the game, and at four it turns into a five-hour slog. He says, skip the lesser versions and just jump right into Waterframe. This game will eat your brain. I tell you, the first time you play it, that is true. Yeah. Well, the Punch Punch really seems to, the, those who have played it really seems to like this game as well. Yeah. We, yeah. Really, we didn't have anybody who said anything negative. No. no. I mean, really, it. with this game, I mean, if you're getting into it, then I you, mean, know. You, you know that you like heavy yeah. economic games. So. Right. Right. Well, I- incidentally, Richie, do you think that uh, Ohio State is going to cover the spread? They, they is said twenty six. I think we got a spread. draft. Well, draft guys, we need to get <laughs> to the draft. We do not need to talk about the shellacking. Hey, you never know. Uh, Buckeyes could turn the ball over eight times. This is true. It, this is true. So any, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Right, more, well. more likely the. Huskers will turn over the ball. Yeah, time. Probably, but, probably. But you <laughs> know right. what? Hey, to watch good old Big Ten football this weekend. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't care either way. Non-sports fans, but I'm I'm excited about that. And yes. Looking forward to it. Obviously, we're all. Uh, so who does who does Iowa play? Uh, they play Purdue. 
Ooh, so I don't know. Right. They, Ooh, they you could actually lose hard. that game. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. possible for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's right. play Richie's walk-up music, shall we? Let's let's do it. <laughs> Let's actually get to that draft. Richie, tell everybody how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise. So in Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists, so that's why we draft. And we are going to do a serpentine-style draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off to see who sets the draft, and we're drafting games with high player interaction. Uh, yes, games with yeah, player interaction. Did you guys notice how prepared I was? I have a 10-sided die. I saw that. Yeah, you set them out for us. Even, even got my color right. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> he didn't want me looking through his bills again. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude my chat over there snooping in myself. Five. Ten. Well, I guess nine is not all that good uh, now. No, it's not. <laughs> all right, Chad. I, I, I will go first. Uh, Clef, you can go second, and okay. Richie, you can get the turnaround. All right. All right. So the way I'm going to approach this, because I kind of uh, suggested this topic, although it got voted on by our, by our patrons, our great patrons, I suggested it thinking looking for creative ways to promote player interaction. So the games I picked were mostly because I like them because of the way that the player interaction was fostered. So it's not always going to be the most interactive game necessarily. It's going to be the mechanisms I thought that were creative in, in, in creating these. This one's been mentioned all the time, but it's my favorite, my favorite thing about this game and I, I'm sorry if people are, are sick of hearing it, but I have to talk about brass because Brass, when you flip somebody else's uh, iron ironworks to, to use their iron, maybe they were planning on using it, and so they're kind of ticked off, but then they see that they score points. It's one of those things where you kind of feel good and bad at the same time. And uh, if you're a really seasoned player, of course, you're preparing for that a little bit. But there's a give and take there, which is... It's always great in a game where you have to sit and think about you're not sure how you feel about something that just happened. And brass, that happens all the time with the buildings and the cotton and all that kind of stuff. I really, really like the player interaction in brass. It's it's really the best thing about that game and what makes me just think Martin Wallace is one smart dude. Yeah, you definitely, I always call that game, you don't ever want to leave the low-hanging fruit because no. you'll get gobbled up and fast. So, yeah. Oh. Good pick, Chad. Yes, I'll pick. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I went about this draft somewhat similar to uh, kind of what you were saying there, Chad. And, and I actually, when Richie first came down uh, today, I said to him, I'm going to lose this draft because I'm actually <laughs> going to pick some games that I think are really cool player interaction games, but are not necessarily the games that, uh, you know, that are the big heavy hitters. I, you know, I wrote down all the big heavy hitters, but I, th I thought I'd give some some different type of games. So, yeah. uh, so I'm actually going to start. The, the first game I'm going to mention is a queen game, and that is Lancaster. If you haven't played this one, it's a, it's definitely it's a Euro game where it's a worker placement game. Uh, we're, we're trying to get you know like these patrons, which are going to score you points, and then you're going to try to upgrade your knights. Uh, you start off with level one knights. And they're a certain size and they have these really nice little blocks and they're like, so they're just kind of like skinny or whatever. But when you place them out there, other people can come and knock your knight off with a higher knight or they can add what are like these noble cubes to it to try to knock you off. 
But then you can start to build up and you have level two knights and then level three knights and level four knights. And the blocks, what's really cool about it is the blocks keep getting bigger. So you can always tell, even if you didn't know how to read a number, you could see which block was bigger and you can go in there and it's so fun when you're like, somebody will take and they'll have like a, like they'll have a three knight and they'll put like four of their noble cubes and knock somebody off and they're all proud of themselves. And then the very next turn you go in there with a bigger knight with some noble cubes and knock them right out. And if you've used your noble cubes, they're gone or whatever. Right. And then it's like, Oh, such a bad feeling when you get knocked out. Great player player interaction. Uh, I, I had a game once where literally I went down, you can have, you can go to war also with your knights, but if your knight gets stuck down there, I mean, it's really bad or whatever. And I thought, oh, somebody's going to come and do this war with me. And somebody at the table literally is like, hey, nobody go down there and help Clef. It'll screw him. And totally, I was I was screwed. I <laughs> like lost the game right there in that first turn. So um, so very highly player interactive uh, game. So that's uh, Lancaster by Queen Games. And Matthias Kramer, I think. All right. Yeah. There we go. Good. Right. I've been wondering. You keep talking yeah. about it. We need to get it on the table. You, you've never played this one. No, right? you keep saying oh, that I would like it. And You would like this one. All right. I want to try it. keep saying that. So, okay. All right, Richie, what do you got? All right, so for my first pick, it's one of my favorite games. And as far as my mindset going into this, I just I went for interaction that I personally like a lot. And I one of the my favorite things in a like a confrontation or highly interactive game is where you kind of have alliances that it will come and go throughout the game. And but I mean, ultimately, there's going to be one person who will win. And uh, Pax Premier Second Edition is a game that. I, I obviously I love it. It's I think it was my number two last mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. and so I mean so many times in that game where one you you will you know make an alliance with someone and you're really trying to get out those coalition tokens for that particular side, and all of a sudden something will change and you need to switch. Mm-hmm. You need to switch if you want to try to win the game, and then you also have the interaction of your spies that are going around on other people's cards and uh, taking out other spies and destroying cards and stuff like that. I just love how interactive that game is and how that interaction takes place on the, at the table. Uh, so yeah, Pax Premier Second Edition for my first mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, we've had some great games of that. Yes. Where, oh, so tenseful when you're like, oh, you see that dominance card, and it's oh yeah, great pick, great pick. I I love this game. Uh, for my second pick. And I don't think I need to jump up this quickly to get this. And I don't even know if this is on Clef's list, but who knows? He's getting wacky today. So I'm, <laughs> I really want, we've been playing a lot of coin games and uh, this fits right into that t- style of interaction. And this is a game that we just played uh, last week and that is Liberty or Death. Wow. And it's, once again, it is a, you, whatever side of the war that you're on, you need to work with your teammate, but you want to win. So you got to make sure you don't help them too much, but you also can't let them fall behind. Right. Otherwise, you know, you're going to end up in Chad's position when <laughs> Dan, I mean, Dan just, Dan's a terrible teammate. <laughs> I know he's a terrible teammate because he kept helping Clef the whole time. And I was like, hey, uh, uh, this is my first game of it. Can you help me a little bit, maybe? Hey, it was the first time I'd played the British. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, of course, and, and Richie, you're one to talk because you basically helped him win another game. No, 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 no. Not this Not this time. <laughs> Washington sat on the sidelines way too long. That, that was not I my fault. There was a key point. With Washington. There was a key point in the game where Clef needed resources, and I could have given him five resources, and instead I put out two villages instead, <laughs> and I didn't help him. And he and we were actually in trouble for a little bit because of that. We were a but little bit in trouble. There was I, a point. I did my part. 
It's hey, I won, you and Dan. so I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my second pick, Liberty or Death. It's a good pick. I'm just still sore about it. Uh, you know, and I, I agree with you, and it's a unique coin game in the fact that it is such a team game yet you're still out to try to win for yourself so it yes. has such a unique player interaction yes i so, totally agree some of the people that really enjoy coin games and play them a lot uh, i've talked to them and and they don't like this one as much because they don't like that to them it is basically a two-player game but i i i enjoyed the the whole experience even if i got stuck with a crappy teammate <laughs> clef what do you have next <laughs> poor dan <laughs> he's taking a lot of flack in this podcast he is. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably have him on here again real soon so he can defend himself here um well for my second pick i am gonna go with a a pretty heavy hitter and this is gonna be another uh, gmt game um and this is one that we got in, it was a little bit ago, but I, and I just got my own copy of it, and I'm really looking forward to getting it back to the table. And talk about player interaction and talk about mean player interaction, and that is Dominant Species. Uh, mm-hmm. Such a, such a great game, such great player interaction. And, uh, you know, if you remember the story, Richie had that opportunity to completely wipe me out in round, like, two. Yeah, yep. And I talked him out of it. And, and he won the game. And won the game. So <laughs> that is great player interaction. I mean, you the cards in that game really can – you can do some mean things to, to your opponents with that. Uh, just just everything about it is, is very player interactive and good player interactive. So, uh, yeah, for my second pick, I'm going to go with Dominant Species. Yeah, I mean, they have that expansion coming out. I was kind of disappointed that instead it, instead of like Dominant Species Marine, it wasn't just called Dominant Species colon curb stomp because that's really <laughs> what that game feels like a lot of that's times. Right. Okay, uh, you know, for my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, a splatter game. Because they promote a lot of interesting interaction, but I like them for several different reasons. Now, I haven't had as many plays of it in Indonesia, but I pick Indonesia specifically because it heavily promotes player interaction. Because what other game can you just force a merger on two people? You're just saying all of a sudden, you and you are going to have to duke it out right now. You could just do that with two people's different companies and force a merger, which to me is one of the most interesting parts of that game. You can't even do that. I, I kind of tease that this is almost like a riff on 18xx for the splatter guys because you're building up your companies, you're doing shipping routes and logistics, and that's another thing that you can do in this game is you know, you can see that somebody is going to need your ships and build more ships in, in an area where you're going to ship their goods for them and they have to pay you for that, that sort of thing. There's that interaction there too, of course. But overall, my favorite part about Ind- Indonesia is that forced merger thing where you can just come in, like I said, and bam, <laughs> yeah. you two have to duke it mm-hmm. out right now. I don't even care. I have the money. I could buy your company if I want to, but I just want to see you guys duke it out. Sure. It, it's such a game of player. I'm not. I don't even know how to do it right. I'm, I'm still just <laughs> clueless when I play the game. I, no. I'm. I'm still lost. It's. So, but I agree. It's got. Yeah, it is a great. great mechanism of. Yeah, your two companies are now merged. Right. You know? Right. In in our in our games, it's basically like we we don't, we still haven't mastered strategy to that game yet. But just somebody leans back in their chair all of a sudden and shouts merger yeah. and points at people. <laughs> and and pretty much it's just like yeah. a, oh, I have money in front of me. I'm just going to keep bidding until yeah, I yeah, win it or yeah, lose it. It's yeah. like uh, that's not going to make you enough money. You shouldn't do that. But yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, no, good pick. All right. What else you got? The other one I'm going to pick is is known well, but I, I like 
again, sort of the push and pull of some of this player interaction stuff. I really enjoy Keyflower for the fact that you can go on people's buildings. But when you do that, you give them one of your meeples. And you may have meeples that you're saving for certain things. And so there's, there's kind of a people get disgusted because you block that action that they maybe wanted to take. But now they have a meeple to spend when they're bidding in the next auction. I, I didn't really pick auctions because there's a lot of give and take. But for me, that doesn't feel very uh, exciting or different. So I, I, I didn't. I didn't specifically pick it for the auction, but I just like that sort of currency exchange. It, I guess it's sort of like paying to go on a building, but it, it's an interesting way of doing it to me. So I pick Keyflower as my third game. Solid pick. I also had it on my list. All right, Clef. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to go once again, a little bit of a, this is an older game that I recently have gotten back to the table a couple of times here recently and just remember how much enjoyment I have out of it because it, it does have some really great player interaction and it's it's kind of auction-y uh, to a way and it's a game called Aladdin's Dragons. Oh yeah, that's, okay. a, that's an interesting yeah. one. Um, and when you play this game, you basically have uh, eight discs that have numbers on them uh between one and nine there's not a three but that doesn't matter and when you place them you're going to be putting them either into these to these spots to these action spots and you're obviously trying to have the highest total in these spots to try to gain either the treasures that you need or to try to uh, get these artifacts which is what you need to win the game or you know these different magic cards you know different things that you're trying to do and so it's very very fun where you're you know okay i'm gonna put a number here nobody knows what that number is and then somebody else, oh, I'm going to put a couple of, and you can put multiple discs in the same spot. And, oh, okay, are those going to be more than me? Do I need to put another one there? Should I go do this? Just a lot of enjoyment of trying to figure out what did somebody put there. And then you got some different cards and stuff that you can do for interaction and things like that. Um, I really, really enjoy this. This is one I played a long time ago. Uh, a friend of mine, John Davis, uh, he had this. We used to play it quite a bit. And uh, just recently I picked up a copy and I still think it holds up. I think it's still a solid game. And it's it's one of the very few Euro-y style games where it's not most victory points. It's most artifacts. So you're trying to win these artifacts. So it's just even got a little bit of a different uh, winning condition, which is really cool. I had no idea that this too, like Keyflower before it, was also a Richard Breeze game. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. It says on Board Game Geek that it re-implements Keydom. That's interesting. So, yeah, if you've not tried this one and you have an opportunity to play it, it is definitely a fun, easy on the rules. I mean, it's not, you know, highly complicated, but nice, fun player interaction. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. That's Aladdin's Dragons. All right, Richie, what do you got? Uh, for my third pick, I'm going to take a study in Emerald. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to play this yet, but it is kind of like a deck builder. It's hidden teams and you are. Uh, and what I like about it is that the fact that one, it's hidden teams, So you don't even know who's on your team to begin with. Uh, and you are trying to figure that out through the actions that they're taking. Uh, but by the end of the game, one, you, need, you do need to figure out who your teammates are because whoever is in dead last, that team cannot win. So you got to make sure that you are one, you figure out who your teammates are and then also get them to make sure that they're not in last place 
as well. So you're trying to help them out, um, and but also then win the game yourself. So it, it is a very interesting... Uh, as far as how the player interaction works out in there. Uh, and I mean, either first or second editions. I mean, second edition is a very streamlined experience. Um, I would recommend either one of them. Uh, but I mean, if you are looking for something a little bit heavier, then I would go with the first edition if you can find it, which well, you might not be able to. This is by Kles favorite designer, uh, Martin Wallace. That's right. Yeah. That was like two years ago. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, he's on onto a have new fast. We're going to do a, a redo of uh, favorite publishers and designers here sometime. Well, we might have oh, to yeah. do that, yeah. That's right. What's your last pick, Richie? All right, my last pick. I also wanted a splatter game on there. And honestly, well, I mean, I guess one, once Clef said that he was planning on losing this draft, that this wasn't going to be yeah, chosen. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I did want a splatter game because I, I love the way they, they do player interaction across all of their games. I mean, really... Any game, name name a splatter game, and I would agree with you. Uh, but Food Chain Magnate has become my my favorite splatter game. Uh, here recently, we got a, a game in uh, this past weekend uh, at four players, and it, it was a good one. Once again, it was a great game, and well, yeah. I won, but you, you did win. You did win. Uh, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah, and we actually. Uh, what the most fun I think was is we kind of came up with a little variant. Oh yeah, we, started. we we drafted the modules. We drafted that we modules. included. We each got to pick one module that we wanted to. We said we're going to play with new milestones for sure. Yeah, but then and then everyone else had the table draft. And we all got to pick you know, a milestone. Like, I think Richie took sushi and yep. I took movie stars. Just movie to be stars all and <laughs> mass marketer. Yeah, I don't remember what Brockman chose. But. Yeah, probably irrelevant. Yeah, I Brock. <laughs> I love you, Brockman. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's it, there is so much player interaction in yeah, that game. It, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So yeah, uh, food chain magnate. That's, that's my last pick. pick. Yeah, honestly, I, as I was thinking about the splatters, the only splatter that I was like, I'm not like antiquity. Like the first half of the game, you're kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. But once it gets rolling, the player interaction of putting pollution and starting oh, to pollute yeah. your your neighbor's area definitely gets in. Yeah, there is not a splatter game out there that does not have heavy, heavy player interaction. So that's that's why they're so great. But all right, so on to my last pick here. That's right. There's, I mean, there are some amazing games that are still on the table. I mean, every splatter game we just talked about. I mean, there's a little game called uh, AOS that I mean has player interaction mm -hmm. like crazy, but. All of these games, as good as they are, the one that still really jumps out at me, okay, and this is a game that we, I know we all love here, and this reminds me when Richie was talking earlier about when you're playing packs and how you'll have some alliances sometimes. Boy, this game is the epitome of one moment you might have an alliance with somebody and be like, yep, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, and then the next turn it's all of a sudden like, Screw you! I'm done with you, and now I'm I'm helping out this other person, and that's the estates. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yep. <laughs> I knew what you're about, talking about, right? Yeah, right absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there is that is play interaction to to you know the teeth right there because it is uh, like I said, one moment you're with one guy, and the next minute you're with the next the other guy, and you're a whole time you're trying to figure out what's they're trying to do, and you're going to try to combat it, and not even I mean I'm not even talking with the auction. I mean I'm just just basically placing the tiles yeah. and what yep. you're trying to do. I mean, it is different layers of player interaction in that game. So, uh, you know, obviously used to be called... Uh, Noya Hyman. Yep. Great game. And yeah, so that's my last pick is 
the estates. That's a good one. That's a good one. That was on my list because I, I do love that you can drag someone into an alliance as well. <laughs> yeah, just by start placing their that's, blocks that's in your line. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. We yeah, are in this together now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, my last pick is one from uh, designer Gilda Ori and Nuno Impalo as well. But uh, we don't talk about this one as much because there are some things that I have problems with sometimes with it, and it really plays best at four. But Panamax has great player interaction, I think, because you're the the crux of that game is get to do get people to do things for for you. So basically, that game is all about getting your getting your cargo and getting your boat out so other people have to take actions to push it out for you and you can do your work somewhere else with your actions and when you can get people to do your work for you it's perfect uh, it's a great feeling so Panamax is one of those creative designs with player interaction and it, it's it's all about that so that that kind of combination of that plus managing a company and managing your own personal money is is really great in that game yeah absolutely yeah i only got the one play of it but i i, I would play it again i just remember the the one uh the scoring thing the was score, my this, there's a couple of scoring tiles issue. that are a little broken that you yeah know, if you get those and i'm not saying that you're going to win but you have a better chance at winning than some yeah. of the other scoring titles are not as great that's i mean that's an easy house rule yeah. to right. take care of but i right. suppose yeah so no it's it's a good and solid game for sure so all right, we go. Well, that is our draft. Uh, Clef, you want to recap those uh, choices for us? Absolutely. All right, so Chad took Brass, Indonesia, Keyflower, and Panamax. Richie took Liberty or Death, Pax Premier 2nd Edition, A Study in Emerald, and then Food Chain Magnate. And then I took Dominant Species, Lancaster, Aladdin's Dragons, and The Estates. Solid, solid game, list, you know? yeah. Solid so, list. But I tell you, I mean, we didn't put on their Wildcatters. We oh. didn't put on their... Um, I knew I knew if somebody did, it was a sure vote for Ben. From uh, ben, from well, ben. Yeah, I, that's true. And I figure <laughs> I, I pandered to Ben a little too much. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but, but if we're... And so we should say this. We should... We, that, that's a good honorable mention there. So Wildcatters, obviously, it's great because of how much back and forth you have to do in that game and use each other, right? Oh, and being able to Definitely. stick somebody with a loan is the greatest thing in that yeah. game. So that's... Yeah, for sure. Um. What else? I mean, like we said, every splatter. I mean, bus. Yep, bus. Uh, bus was on my list. Yep. I had uh, Tammany Hall oh, on my I, list. I honestly thought you would take Tammany Hall. It, it's I, on there. It okay. is on there. I, um, I love that game for that reason. Yep. I, I don't think of it as innovative, but I love the player interaction in that game. Yeah, and, and I love the the fact that the mayor has to hand out the, the other officers. Sure. So right after yeah. you've screwed over everyone to become mayor, then yeah. you have to give them a power that they can yep. screw you with. we got to so. play that again. If nothing yeah. else, just for sentimental reasons. I would yeah. love that. I would love that. I'm going to try well, to screw over Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we already talked about Barrage earlier in this episode, too. And and again, like having to use somebody else's power station, you know, to power your dam and, and pay them or, or take water away and divert that and then have to kind of come to a truce and go, sure. look, then we'll go over here. Oh. You let me have this mm -hmm. water over here. You know, yeah. there's could be. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of stuff. Uh, I also threw down Container. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. when yeah. it works, it works. And That's there's right. a lot of great player interaction. You know, now, I think auctions in general um, are going to bring yeah. out, yeah. Um, now, one thing I stayed away from, I didn't like any two-player games. I mean, 
certainly one could have said Magic the Gathering. I mean, it has, obviously, that's all it is, is player interaction, you know. So, right. I mean, uh, but I think that lends itself to two-player games. I I certainly could have said, uh, you know, Imperial Struggle or Twilight Struggle, you know, both of those games, obviously, are huge. But I think, once again, two-player games, that is that is more of how those games are going to go. So. Right. One other one I was thinking of really quick, just because it is getting to be around Halloween here, uh, I was thinking about... Uh, one of the games that Richie and I have played before and enjoy. I don't know if you still have this in your collection, but the Bloody Inn. So, I do still have that in the collection. Yeah. Yeah. So because I was thinking of specific yeah. mechanisms, I Start like ditching you can, dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, but you can bury a dead body in somebody else's somebody else's yeah. hotel. Right. I love That's that right. part. Okay. I thought you were going to say something about. Whatever that game is that you played right before Richie went and broke his leg, and you're, you know, that's the, the, the horror of Halloween. What no, was that? Lord, Legend of the, Legend five, of rings. the five Rings. I sold it because it was bad luck. That's probably a good call. That's right. <laughs> Whoever has that now, something's gonna bad's gonna happen to them. Yeah. It's like the uh, Jumanji game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well. If you want to be able to vote on that uh, draft and uh, pick your favorite, you will be able to do so on our guild, Guild 3227. Also, don't forget, you can always write us uh, an email uh, for more questions in, in our mailbag. It's getting a little bit light, I think. And that's at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. Well, I guess that uh, wraps up another wonderful Punchboard Paradise episode. Yes. Peoples, go interact with each other safely, of course. If you can, punch, punch, be good to yourselves and to each other. Hey, everybody. Go Huskers. Have a good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. Hey, Punch Bunch, no bloopers this week, but I figured I would go ahead and update you since we recorded this ahead of the big Ohio State-Nebraska game. Nebraska narrowly lost 17-52 to to Ohio, and really, this is no surprise. A fun fact that you can share with Clef, because I know he won't listen to this, is that in the past six meetings, Nebraska has been outscored by Ohio State 317 to 110 points. So, Next time you see Clef or you talk to him online, just share that fun fact with him. And I am going to end the show now with the Ohio State fight song. Go Buckeyes. OH.